0: It's show 153 of the RIM Pro Report. Today, Lori Palmer of Reb Storage Systems International and the latest industry news. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. This morning, the O'Neill Partner Conference begins in Huntington Beach, California. I'm up in Huntington Beach today to be a part of the conference, and I'm looking forward to hearing about the new things O'Neill is up to. I expect I'll see some of you here, and if you're not at the conference, I'll let you know next week what I learned when i was here optionally you can learn more for yourself at oneilsoft.com or you can follow them at facebookcom Software. have you ever noticed that the severity of the itch is inversely proportional to your ability to reach it thankfully this show will scratch that itch for you Welcome to the Rim Pro Report, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry, bustling with news, views, and the latest updates. This show is full of interesting information, so take notes. Now here is your host, Tom Adams. Yep, 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 it's me, and I'm back. Greeting and salutations, Rim Nations. How? Are you? September is more than half done. And I have to tell you that this is my absolute favorite time of year. There's something pretty magical about Southern California during September and October, and I absolutely love it. I hope that whatever the season looks like in your neck of the woods, uh, you're doing well. Today, we're going to chat with Lori Palmer of Reb Storage Systems International. She needs no explanation and really no introduction as she is one of the RIM industry's most well-known and loved vendors. And if you don't know her, this would be a great chance to meet her. If you do know her, this will be an opportunity to hear about a bunch of cool new things happening at Reb these days. But before we get into that conversation, let's get quickly caught up on the most recent industry news i love these kind of stories james hill from the hill company in london england just announced a pretty cool project to manage cushman and wakefield's records partnering with Intandem solutions and their FileTrack software as well as the o'neill bridge service the hill company built this as a response to cushman and wakefield's request for them to revolutionize the way they manage the records after a pilot project in cushman and wakefield's west london office Uh, the whole new system is being rolled out nationally throughout the UK so congratulations to James Hill and the Hill Company as well as the partners on this one on this really cool win hey Recall just announced the appointment of a brand new chief information officer Rohan Pal comes to Recall from Tyco Fire Protection Products where he served as chief information and chief operations officer he will lead Recall's global technology team so congratulations to Rohan on this new gig and looks like access, uh, made the Inc. 5,000 list again as one of the fastest growing companies. This is their fifth time on that list. This year, they they ranked 26th, 87th, 2687 out of 5,000, which represents a 500-point jump over its position on last year's list. So that's cool news. Congratulations to Rob Alston and the Access team on this big accomplishment. Well, that's all the news for this week. If you've got news you wanna share, drop me a line let me know. I'm going to go press this button over here to start the music and then fiddle with some other button to get Lori Palmer queued up. Hang tight while I do. Lori Palmer is one of the most well-known and loved vendors in the RIM services industry. Lori is executive vice president of Reb Storage Systems International, and she joins me now. Lori, welcome back to the RIM Pro Report.
1: Hey, Tom. It's great
0: to be back. Oh, it's so good to have you. Uh, it's been a long time, but and I'm going to assume everybody knows who you are and knows who Reb is, but just in case, because we have lots of new people who come on the show, uh, listen to the show, we get lots of new subscribers on a regular basis. If they don't know who Reb is, can you give us a brief explanation of what you guys are all about? Well...
1: We are a 51-year-old company. We're an integrator of material handling equipment and storage systems. We sell racking.
0: Uh, oh, okay.
1: All different types of racking systems and all the equipment that goes along with it.
0: Okay, so you you basically sell the the, the tools that make the record storage and data protection side of the business work in many cases. It's it's where the money is, is made because uh, the box that somebody gives to uh, your client is that that's where it's sitting on. So it's an integral part of a record storage uh, data protection environment.
1: Exactly. And the more boxes we can get in there, the more money that they make.
0: Right. So um, as a business, you guys have had a long and storied history in, in this industry. Can you tell me a little bit of the REB story just as a way of creating context for anyone who doesn't know you? Give, give me a sense of the, the background of REB.
1: Okay, hey, well, as I just mentioned, we're celebrating our 51st year right now in business. The company started out owned by Roger, Ed, and Bill. Hey. And that's where the REB comes from. Not really rebels like everybody thinks we are, but it actually stood for three different people's names. That's hilarious. And the middle initial, Ed, was Ed Lesko. And that is Tom Lesko, the current owner and president's father. And actually, when I started there, I worked for for both Ed and Roger. Um, by then, Bill had passed. Bill has been passed for, for several years. Um, Roger is, is living in Florida, and he's still around, and unfortunately, we lost Tom's dad um, several years ago. And um, Tom bought the company hmm. solely from his dad and his the other partner, Roger, and we were on the south side of Chicago, and since then, we have grown tremendously. Tom has done a phenomenal job with the company or even though Chicago is our corporate location, we have become an international company. We have locations on the West Coast, the East Coast, and we actually have an international office in Ireland.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's cool. It, it,
1: it is cool, Tom. We've um, done some acquisitions of some companies, and we have got a fabulous team, an awesome team
0: yeah that's great. so but your 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 connection to the records management industry, let's just call it that the rim industry has has been kind of long and storied as well. Um, I mean I, I've been in the industry for a while, but you guys you know predate uh, Reb predates me in the industry by a long shot. Um, so what how has Reb been connected to this in, industry because there's a lot of racking companies out there, but what makes you different as it relates to rim?
1: So well, we were actually the first racking vendor in what was then ACRC, the Association of Commercial Record Centers, which is now PRISM. Mm-hmm. We were the first racking group there, or racking uh, corporate partner. And since then, we feel like we've grown up in the industry. Um, we've helped educate. We've also learned. Um, we've been through the transition of all of the different types of racking systems. Um, yeah. We go back to one high, one deep; two high, two deep; three high, two deep; two high, three deep; three high, three deep. You know, you know all yeah. of how all of that goes.
0: So, so and this is just a funny question. As you're saying that, what's the what's the biggest configuration? Is is anybody done four by four?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Really? Four by four, four by three.
0: Wow. Wow, 4 by 4 is the that's most a,
1: popular is 3x3. Th- yeah. Three, three, three. yeah, 3 by 3 is really the more popular
0: one. Right. But you guys have, I mean, you you guys helped to sort of really set the guidelines on shelving and storage. Um, I know people on your team have been incredible, not just you, but incredibly active in sort of the technical aspects of shelving design and shelving uh, configuration stuff that relates to prism. It, thats I mean, that's just been part of your life, hasn't it?
1: It has. We have, you know, one whole special team, and that's we devote ourselves to record storage. And literally through the years, we've helped write the shelving guidelines for Prism. We've done numerous educational um, sessions with Prism. And we have, as I mentioned before, a fabulous team. You know, we we hired Mike Bailey a long time ago. It seems like forever now. Um, and. Obviously, Mike has a specialty in um, regulatory codes, and Mike has taught that to our project management and engineering team so that it's widespread. We now have 11 project managers, so we have quite a, quite a large, large group there. Yeah. Along with our sales support, I think the last time we talked, um, Jeff Howard and Joe Kane had come on board, and along with them comes a ton of experience also.
0: Well, that that's what's uh, you know as I as I think about um, the industry, I I think about you know you you guys are just such a huge part of it, just based on the way you've already always been a part of it. But I, I, I think as I, I look at the association and the industry and the people who are part of this industry, I has anyone been around this industry as long as you have? Maybe save Richard Reese. <laughs> because <laughs> it That's seems to really me really kind of scary
1: Tom thank you very
0: much <laughs> I know but no but in terms of sort of that consistent presence I mean there's not many people in this industry who have been uh, sort of a consistent presence, especially on the vendor side. I I know like the companies have been around, but you you just keep showing up. You're like that Energizer bunny, I think. You know, the Energizer bunny just keeps going and going and going. And it seems like in the the industry. So tell me a little bit about your story uh, in terms of your, um, how did you get into this industry and how did you get into REB? Just quickly, because I, I think it's an intriguing story.
1: Well, I was actually just Out of high school. And um, I was going to college um, at night, and I was working part time, and actually went to a headhunter. And I started working. I was in the administrative part in the office. And one day, a gentleman called in, needed somebody to come measure, and all the salesmen were out. So I went on my lunchtime, and I did it. And back then, it was pretty difficult to see a woman walk in the door with a tape measure. And you know what? I got the order. Wow! And it was fun, funny because Tom's dad, Tom's dad, had a really hard time in the beginning with um, me selling. I was a, a young woman walking around in warehouses. That's not what you did. And my father wasn't too thrilled about it. <laughs> but but as the years progressed, I think I became one of Ed's favorite salespeople, and he used to pass leads on to me and then it just grew on me and I got attached to this record storage side of the business. And you know what? I, I love everybody in it. Everybody is not just customers or prospects. They really become your friends and and your family. Yeah. You know, when you look at it, you spend more time with them than you do at home sometimes.
0: Yeah. No. And they, and that's, that's what's, you know, to me, it, it, as someone who came into this industry, you know, 15 years ago, um, and and from that point, I remember very early on in my connection to the the greater rim industry, uh, you were this person who was just constantly, consistently there, and and always, um, you know, you show up at everything, and you're always present. And um, I, I I actually remember, and this is you might not even remember this, but I I remember uh, my one of my very first conferences. Um, I think it was my first conference. Um, and I actually volunteered to do all the tape recording for for Prism that year, uh, for the Prism conference. And I, because my record center was so small at the time, and I didn't know how I with this record center to, to make this all work. And I ended up asking um, Prism to allow me to come to the conference. Uh, but in order to do it in a in a cost effective way, I said I'll help out if there's any volunteering I can do to you know to to get a better deal or something. Anyways. Uh, it was the first night or the second night. Somebody, I don't even remember who it was, asked me to come, and I ended up going to a dinner that you sponsored, um, <laughs> which was hilarious because the very first—I think it was the second night of my my first ever Prism experience—I was at a dinner hosted by you. So, um, kind of a cool story, and I've you know I've known and and had a uh, wonderful relationship with you ever since. But. Uh, I, I think what's so cool about that story to me is that's the kind of nature this industry is. It's it's a relatively small industry, but the relationships become pretty powerful.
1: Exactly. You're exactly right. And you create a bond. Yeah. And, you know, and you have those friendships. And I always say the best part about my job, I can go just about anywhere in the world. And I could pick up the phone or send an email and have dinner or drinks with somebody. Yeah. and It is just unbelievable the amount of wonderful, wonderful people that this industry holds.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've had you on the program before. It was actually, I think it ends up being about, Two and a half, three years ago, it was actually show 22. And we're at a show where this is 153rd show. So um, there's a lot of shows that have happened since the last time we talked to you. And being such an integral part of the industry, that's why I wanted to have you back on again. But um, in the last couple of years since that show, um, I've announced here on the news a number of times things happening in REB land. Um, can you tell me some of the, the really exciting changes that have occurred at REB in the last couple of years that, um, you know, are exciting to you, are exciting, and I think could possibly be very exciting to anyone listening as well?
1: Well, I think the last time we spoke, as I mentioned before, was when Jeff Howard and Joe Kane came on board. And anybody in the RIM industry, they know those two names. Right. Um, they're very, very fortunate. To bring those two on uh, board. Um, Jeff is our director of sales. He resides in California, and Joe, everybody knows Joe Kane. I always tease him. I call him Bobblehead Joe because we're going to we're going to have a bobblehead made of him because everybody knows Joe Kane. Yeah. It's the name in the industry. Yeah. And um, since then, we, as I mentioned before, I think we had just become an international company at that point. Also, we had opened the office in Ireland. Right. And we. We kind of did a reorg, and I don't like to say reorg because people automatically assume that a reorg means that it happened for not good reasons, but I felt ours happened because we were going through an economic boom, and we're we're very fortunate, and we count our blessings every day because while everybody else were having problems, we went through this reorg, and we came out doing well. And through those years, we've also started to put together a succession plan for the company because we know how important it is to not only our employees, but to the industry to make sure they know Rev is going to be around for a long time to come. Right. And with that, we've added additions to our team that are just phenomenal. Uh, Would you mind me telling a little bit about them? No,
0: I think it's kind of cool. Um,
1: Let me start with uh, Jenny Klaesius. Jenny is our project coordinator. She's working with the project management team as our major communicator within the team. And then we have Joe Yassine. Joe's a new project manager. Linda Orlando. Linda comes with experience, 25 years of experience in this industry. And she's going to be, um, she's the manager of remediation and installation. And she's working with a name everybody knows. Everybody in the RIM industry knows Joe Malerba.
0: Well, that's big.
1: Joe, yeah, it's very cool, very very exciting. Um, I mean, talk about an awesome team, Tom. This is just fabulous. Yeah. As everybody knows, I um, when I finished up my third year on the board, we had an election for the new corporate partner board member
0: for Prism. Yep.
1: For Prism. Yep. And um, Joe actually won, and Joe took my place on the board, and. Through the years, Joe and I have been just fabulous friends, and, you know, he's just got that energy that I love, you know, oh, yeah. and that's the one thing that our team, you know, everybody has this energy, which is, is just great. So Joe came on board, and Joe is going to be heading up, he's general manager of the remediation and solutions division. Wow. Yeah. So we've been doing a ton of work on the remediation side of the R.A.M. world.
0: So tell me a little bit more about that particular service, because that, that service is obviously growing enough to bring a somebody of Joe Malerba's stature to, to run that division. So tell me a little bit more about what's happening there and why it's growing so much.
1: Well, remediation, after, you know, we've all been around for so many years, so is our racking, and right. the racking's been utilized, it's been beat up, and, you know, we need to make sure the rack is safe. So literally, we have a service that we go in, we repair damaged systems, and we are also going to be offering a whole new menu of services, such as going in and just doing safety checks, making sure that the system is safe, making sure that you don't have any issues that you're not aware of. Hmm. And we decided this is just such an important part, because you're dealing with people's lives. People are walking in those systems. They're yeah. de- you know retrieving those boxes, putting boxes away. That's the one thing that you need to make sure is safe. So we decided the best way to do that was to devote a whole division and a professional like Joe Malirba to run it, along with Linda Orlando, with her experience in the industry. It's a win-win.
0: Wow, that's so cool. That's such a that's such cool news.
1: Once um, once the rack is installed, you want to make sure that it's safe. Uh, and yeah. so we, we, along with that, we are designing um, safety protection that goes um, into the rack system once we've repaired it so they don't run into the same issue over and over
0: again. Hmm. Wow that's very cool. So a couple of years ago and this one always intrigued me but you, you bought something because I went back in the news shows and the, uh, the stuff you bought something called uh, Classic Modular I think it was called. What was that all about? Tell, tell me a little bit more about that, that acquisition.
1: That was an acquisition that, um, let's see, we are actually just turned one year old. And Classic Modular CMS, what they did, it was an Illinois-based company, and they specialized in modular offices Mm. and office furniture. Hmm. And I know, Tom, this was a really long time ago because it's when I first started. Um, Reb actually had an office furniture division. Wow, and that's where I actually started at rep
0: okay. um, I
1: started selling like you know like color coded filing systems and furniture really so yeah, so this is kind of getting us back into what where we were going many, many years ago, and um so Juan Castillo is um going he is heading that division up and Basically, implant offices, security fencing, office furniture, and it's great. It's just a great fit in with everything else that we do.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, that that's that's a lot of good news, and I mean, there's there's been uh, significant growth as I watch you guys, and you know, I hear what's going on. I'm I'm always blown away that uh, while uh, others have kind of stumbled and fallen in this industry, um, you guys have sort of just continued to gain and grow. Um, one of the one of the things, though, that I, I think you guys have is an un, and you specifically have an unusual view into the Rim Services world because your products and services are are actually a required element to make it all happen. Um, but you know, as I look back over the last couple of years of doing this show, we've seen a huge amount of acquisitions, consolidation, and uh, rumors keep showing up of the changes in storage requirements. You know, storage is going down. Um, but from your unique perspective, what are you seeing in terms of trends or changes in the industry?
1: There's definitely changes, but, you know, it's not doom and gloom, and, um, you know, it's different globally. Um, and, and as a global organization, we have to look globally what's going on. Um, in the U.S., what we're finding right now, we're not dealing with as many Different types of customers. Hmm. Um, the startups have definitely decreased, but there are still a few out there. But for the most part, the acquisitions and the mergers are causing the sorted few to grow. And we have had a phenomenal growth year this hmm. year. And huh. um, a lot of that is due to you know the fewer companies, but they're um, increasing their growth is increasing quicker and therefore they purchase more racking.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So those particular companies, as they acquire, will not, as I understand, they don't necessarily, in certain situations, don't necessarily go in and take everybody's rack uh, or even take their building. They consolidate back to their facilities. And so those facilities inevitably have to grow. So I can see how that would drive more rack um, stuff, more rack development from those guys specifically.
1: Exactly. And, you know, um, you have to say, People are looking at safety. Safety is, is key. Hmm. And, you know, you go in, and they do, um, They acquire these companies that have been around for many, many years. And they go in and they have people take a look at it. And they realize that this is not the best thing, you know, to utilize the existing system. So they will go out and buy new rack hmm. and or they will have us come in and do the remediation on it.
0: Right. So are our, our companies, even if there's less startups, but, you know, the, the acquirers or the larger multinationals, uh, they seem to be growing and developing through acquisition and through just internal growth, but are they buying differently today than they did, say, five years ago? Is there a different, um, you know, do, do they come with different criteria now than they did five years ago?
1: Well, you know what, you, uh, for the majority, you have a lot of the big players and, you know, the big players, they're just buying bigger. And um, the other customers that are still in the game, they come and they need to be competitive um, because, obviously, they're, you know, going against the big guy. So they need to make sure that they're buying as competitively as the big guy is. Right. Um, so we do different things um, to help make everybody more competitive. And, you know, we... We work with new and used material. You know, the advantage we have is that we do a lot of buyback. So we buy racking back from this industry. um, And then we, if it has to be refabbed, we can refab it. And then we resell it. Mm -hmm. And... um, Knowing that the rack, the used rack, came from our industry, and for the most part, we probably sold it in the first place. Right. It's safe for us to to resell it back right. in, in, into the industry. So,
0: so in the last five years, has that that resell part of the business grown a lot as well?
1: A lot, wow. a lot. We, um, big majority of our business is doing teardowns of existing facilities. Um, we'll buy back some of the rack um, sometimes. People will do a teardown, and then they'll relocate it. So it's just really it's a combination of different things. Sometimes if they're going to a taller facility, we'll take the beams, but they'll order new frames. So we have a combination new and used, which obviously helps bring the cost per box down.
0: Yeah. And you said earlier safety is inevitably becoming a more important thing. Every year there's more regulation and more requirement around that, but how does that become evident? Are they requesting you do more engineering, or is it just part and parcel of what you guys just do anyways?
1: It's part of what we do. Yeah. Obviously, um, the larger companies have a set of standards, um, safety safety standards that they go by. and um, so. But it's helped us. Because we have made those part of our standards, right? And you know, you have rack protection, you have netting. You, you know, you there's there's just different items that have been added to these systems that 30 years ago, you know, we, we didn't do we didn't it do because it. Yeah. yeah, we were you know we were back then we were storing on steel shelving or steel shelving with particle board shelves, right. one high one deep. But now you've got you know. 50-foot-high systems with four or five catwalk levels, people walking on them. So, you know, different precautions need to be taken. Uh,
0: I, I was thinking about asking you, too, because you, you've expanded internationally. What What's different about what's going, say, on in Europe as compared with what's going on in North America? Because uh, there are obviously different markets, but... Um, you know, now that you've got a, you've been in Europe for a number of years, how, how is what's happening there different than what's happening in North America?
1: Well, it's really interesting because I remember, you know, probably 15 years ago when um, the regulatory got to be such a big issue here, fire codes and so forth. And, you know, in Europe, we'd go to the European conference and everybody'd be like, oh, I'm glad, you know, that hasn't affected us here, you know, but guess what? Yeah. It finally caught up. Mm. So what transpired here um, 15 years ago with the codes is definitely hit, hit in Europe. And the growth is there. The growth is definitely there. I just don't believe we see it because I, I believe it's hidden more mm. than it is in the United States. Right. I, I, You know, a lot of the moving and storage companies in the U.S., self-storage companies, all those guys too, record storage and the same thing happens in europe the only thing is we don't see a lot of it because they're not members of prism and that's what we really need to work on as an organization we need to help get these other people into the group
0: yeah 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 well that's very interesting because you know as as we start looking at as i start looking at it more globally it seems evident that uh, it's, you know, the, the North American market is significantly saturated. I can't imagine it's fully saturated, but there's still lots of growth there. But, uh, as you look at international, uh, markets, it seems to me that there is, that's where a lot of the boom continues to happen. And so it's kind of exciting to watch that. I, I can only imagine from your perspective as well.
1: It is. And also another, um... Rapidly growing area. Tom is Latin America. Latin yeah. America is just—it's phenomenal the yeah. growth there. So that's something else to keep your eye
0: on. Yeah, no, it's it that that's what's very interesting to watch because I I know that um, I I know I announced last week that uh, Iron had I think it was yeah no Access had bought um, somebody um, down in. Costa Rica, I think it was. I forget where it was yeah. now. As I think about it, but I mean, an iron I know bought a little while ago, and uh, I I know that once people start acquiring in a marketplace, things are happening. So it's uh, interesting to watch this whole global, the global part of this industry grow. And I can only imagine as, as one of the few companies that has this long and storied history in this industry, that you're you're being called to become. Uh, either you know, with your international capabilities now, uh, a part of that whole solution. So that's very cool. Well,
1: thank you. It's, it's exciting.
0: Yeah. So, what's one um, one thing that new or existing Rim companies should know uh, in order to make better buying decisions related to racking systems today? Because you know, the economics are still there. I I, I haven't heard that there's any been any dramatic decrease in the cost of of rack. Um, I, I suspect that like anybody, you know, everybody's always wanting to get the best possible deal because it is such a significant investment, but where, where are, um, rim companies still making mistakes or what do they need to know to make better buying decisions related to that major investment, the rack?
1: Well, I, I believe that, um, you know, the guys who've been around for a long time, they have it all figured out. They know that they really should use a corporate partner or a racking supplier that's in this industry. Yeah. All you're going to do is benefit yourself. Um, I know people say, well, I got a local rack guy that I would love to use. But you know what? They, for the most part, really don't know and understand our industry. Yeah. You know, the racking guys who have grown up in PRISM, And in this industry, we understand what you're trying to do. We understand how important it is to store every carton possible in that facility. We understand how efficient it needs to be for retrievals. So we we get that. We understand that it has to be cost effective. We understand that it needs to be safe because you have employees working in there every day. So don't risk going outside to use a local guy, a local friend who you think has a great deal for you because for the most part, you're gonna get a better deal utilizing somebody in
0: prison. Yeah, and, and I think I think the thing that's so hard to remember sometimes, and I, I appreciate the fact, Lori, you've always been very open about the fact that you have there's there's really solid competitors in this industry to you guys. Yeah, Companies absolutely. that do really good work. But one of the things that I, I have noticed and known is that when you mistakenly go for cost only um, you miss some of the nuances I, I remember listening to uh, Lee Miller talk about uh, his record center back in Cleveland and he talked to, I, I remember hearing him tell the story about just one inch throughout his entire warehouse for every rack created a whole another level which I think fed him six figures of more annual revenue every year just from understanding the difference of an inch and um, uh, unless you understand this industry and the nuances of it, you you always miss that stuff. It, it you you think you've got a great deal, but you could be missing when you're full another you know hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand in revenue just off the top.
1: You're exactly right. You know some of the best conversations I love um, are between Lee Miller and Tom Lesko <laughs> because I got to tell you, the two of them could go back and forth for hours, if not days. Yeah. And 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 you know that's what they've seen. Yeah. You know, it's you know, you add an other eighth of an inch to a beam, the front of at the height of a beam, and that can throw, you know, that could be a whole other box level all the way atro- across your whole warehouse.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: your aisle width.
0: You yeah. know, you
1: add an extra inch or two to an aisle and you're going to lose boxes, one or two boxes deep across the whole warehouse. So, I mean, there's so many different reasons that, It's important to use somebody who understands our business. And you know what? It's dwindled down. It's certainly dwindled down. I remember, you know, 10 years ago, there used to be like 12 or 13 racking vendors in Prism. You know, there's only the chosen few left. And, And I have to say, I've got solid competition, but we all know what we're doing. The ones that are left, we know what we're doing,
0: and that's a huge difference. And and I, I I heartily concur with you that the clients that I've I've worked with who have who have made poor choices related to racking always regret it. So, um, you know, if you've, you've if somebody who's listening has been in the industry a long time, I think it's a given. Um, to, to use somebody who gets it but um, there's a lot of new people who listen in and we, we have a lot of people listening who are coming from the shred world or different places like that and are interested in, in adding record storage as a part of what they do and it's so easy to think in terms of just you know just buy some cheap rack but you miss all the huge uh information that comes from using a a seasoned veteran well uh well laurie that's that's really helpful and i i know it's been uh a few years since we last talked here on the show but it's really good to catch up and uh i i wanted to say one final thing as we end the show that um and i know that you know it's something that i think my sense was it was a little bit surprising to you but uh, last year, when you finished your, your run as the first corporate partner to sit on the PRISM Board of Directors at the conference, the PRISM conference last year, um, you got honored for the significant amount of investment and contribution you've made to PRISM as an association. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm honoring you with that, too. And I'm reminding people of that, that significant role. But how did it feel to get that honor?
1: I have to tell you, that was so funny. I am um sat down to eat my chicken, and um, I was yapping away, of course, and um, next thing I know, Dennis Barnett leaned over and whipped my napkin off my lap, and he said, you better start walking up there. He just called your name, <laughs> and I I couldn't believe it. And There stood Nate Campbell on stage, and Nate's one of my, my good, good friends who's been in this industry for a long time, and as I was walking up there, I just... You know, I could just feel the love of everybody in that room. And you know, when Nate hugged me, and I stood up there, and I, I, I just looked out. And, you know, you're so nervous at that point. You, all these things are going through your head. And you know, first thing I thought of, oh my goodness, I just ran up and threw on a pair of pants. Oh my <laughs> God, I look terrible up here. <laughs> and then I looked out, and I thought, oh my gosh, look at all these people in this room.
0: Yeah. And
1: it felt so, so good. Yeah. To, to just have everybody together.
0: Yeah, it was a very cool uh, moment because I, th- I think you got, like, one of the longest standing ovations I can ever remember. Um, it was, it was it,
1: very cool. I never got one before. Yeah, it was it very was... cool.
0: <laughs> well, Lori, well, I have to say you deserve it more than anybody else I know. You have given, you know, given and given and given and given and given um, and... Um, I, I'm I'm constantly blown away by your generosity. In fact, I, I was so touched by it myself. Uh, you you actually became part of my book. Um, you are the logo because I think you are the logo for, for Reb and everything Reb does but I, I think in so many ways you're an example to so many people of what it means to be a really cool vendor in the world so uh, thank you for everything you do um, you've done for me for this industry um, and and really by virtue of that many clients you know of record centers don't even know the influence you've had on them ultimately so I want to thank you for everything and all you do and continued success I know uh, with all the new additions to your team and all the changes that this, uh, this year, the rest of this year and this upcoming year is going to be a really cool year for you. So continued success in what you're doing. It was great to catch up.
1: Thank you, Tom. And you know what? Like I said, I owe our success to all of you and I owe the success of Reb to such an awesome team we have. And Tom, keep doing what you do because you do a great job.
0: All right. I appreciate it. Good talking to you. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye bye. Yep, that was great to catch up with Lori Palmer. Yeah, that's uh, that's big news. Bringing Joe Malerba onto the team. Very cool. That's a big deal. I'm grateful for Lori being willing to spend some time with us today. And thank you two for joining us. I really appreciate your presence. I really appreciate the fact that uh, when you can, you show up and listen to all the cool stuff. I've, I've had some really cool emails this week uh, thanking me because uh, people who are just now learning about the show or um, learning more about what we do here are starting to listen to all the past episodes and finding it real a treasure of really cool stuff. So I, I'm grateful when you come and join us. And a special thanks to O'Neill Software, our exclusive show sponsor. O'Neill's been in the records management game a long time. In fact, it was over 30 years ago their software became the first commercially available software for this record storage industry. That spirit of innovation and leadership continues to this day. I know that what I learned today at the conference here in Huntington Beach will undoubtedly show how, they were go- how they're were going. they going to continue to lead this industry forward in the software they provide. You can check them out yourself at O'NeillSoft.com Adopt- Hey, have yourself a great week. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed
1: the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Inc. Join us again soon.